So we're now moving on to Unit 2, and Unit 2 focuses on the legal history of South African law, right? And some of you might love history and be excited about the prospect of learning about South Africa's legal history. And some of you might loathe history and not be that excited about learning about South African history. But the point is that this is a necessary lesson. This particular history lesson is a necessary lesson. And the question is, why is it necessary that you as first-year law students must be subjected to a lesson on the history of the law, right? And the reason why it is necessary that you understand the legal history of the law is because the way the law looks today is ultimately influenced by the way the law looked in the past. And you cannot interpret the law or understand the law today without having an understanding of what the law was, right? So let me give you an example. Uh, the Constitutional Court was confronted with a particular legal question around whether if people want to protest, if people want to exercise the right to, to freedom of assembly in the Constitution, should they be required uh, to give notice to the authorities, right? <clears throat> in this instance, to give notice to the city of Cape Town before they're able to enjoy that right to assemble freely before they were able to protest. And so the Constitutional Court had to interpret this particular provision of the Constitution. But in order to understand the particular provision of the Constitution, the court went back and looked at the history of South African law. And in the history of the South African law, you will see that the apartheid government had extensive legislation that was aimed at frustrating the ability of, of what we refer to as dissidents, frustrating the ability of, of, of the activists, of the people that were unhappy with the status quo, of the people that sought to overthrow apartheid. There was a range of legislation that was aimed specifically at preventing them from exercising this, this um, uh, right to assemble freely right, to prevent them from being able to enjoy the right to protest. And so the Constitutional Court, you will see in its analysis of the right to protest under the Constitution in making sense of and in understanding the present right to protest under the Constitution, the Constitutional Court takes a step back and looks at, well, what happened in the past? Because what happened in the past and the way we understand the laws in the past Right, the way the laws were shaped in the past is going to help us. That legal history is going to help us understand why it is that the law looks the way it looks today. Right, and in that particular court case, the Constitutional Court actually found that the particular legislation that was an issue in that case that required uh, people to give notice before um, exercising the right to freedom of assembly was in fact a limitation. Um, on the right to protest. And you can see that the court reached that, um, that decision, reached that finding in part because the court went in and examined legal history. So the point is that in order for us to understand why is the law the way the law is today, we must understand 
what was the same laws in the past or how rather did the laws differ in the past and through looking back it's only through looking back that as lawyers we are able to have a, a more fuller a more a more comprehensive a more more holistic understanding of the South African law as it is in the present another important reason uh for why it is that we need to understand law is because uh sorry understand legal history is because that understanding of legal history facilitates change right so I, the example that we used earlier we see that the constitutional court by using the legal history ultimately changes the law by well ultimately uh changes shapes the the um ultimately shapes the character of the law right ultimately interprets the law in light of that of that legal history and you can see that the constitutional court ultimately says now we no longer require notice because notice to protest does not align with our constitutional dispensation so it's only in having that understanding of legal history that we are able to to understand how it is that the law needs to change right because society as a particular society we live according to a specific legal system right we live according to a specific um values that we might have and uh in ancient roman law for instance you could have your your hand cut off uh, if you were found guilty of theft right so in that particular instance there was a particular value system that shaped that ancient society that under that particular context and in that society in that particular point in history allowed for that specific law to be in place right but of course we know that society changes and society shifts and the needs of society might differ so in the past um where our ancestors might have bartered and there was no uh currency no formal currency then in that particular instance there wouldn't have been certain needs for certain types of legislation commercial law in to a large extent there wouldn't have been such a need because there was no need in society for those types of laws so, so as society evolves and the needs and values of society changes so does uh the need to to shift and adapt laws change and develop laws in fact and it's only through understanding that legal history that we are able to understand when it is that the laws need to change because remember in the previous revision lecture i spoke to you about the fact that as lawyers we should never accept that the law is simply as it is we need to look at the law from a critical perspective we need to look at the law and say do we agree with this law do we disagree with this law is this a good law is this a bad law should this law hold in south africa under our present circumstances under our present constitutional uh democracy or should this law not uh or is this law invalid right or should this law be adapted should this law be adjusted in order to be in tune with south african society today right so by understanding the legal history we are in a better position to understand why it is that the laws need to be able to adapt through understanding the legal history we are better able to look at the law as it is from a critical perspective and through a critical lens and by looking at the law critically we are better able to identify as lawyers 
where it is that the law is currently falling short and how and when it is that the law needs to adapt and so that we are able to to carve our legal arguments and to uh, make our, uh, adjust our legal reasoning and to essentially make out our case for the fact that the law needs to change in light of legal history, right? The third reason why it is that we need to have a good understanding of our legal history is because in South Africa, <clears throat> A large part of our legal history is not history in the in the in the sense of the word that it is completely in the past, right? That it is irrelevant today in the sense that it doesn't apply today, right? A lot of our legal history and a lot of our laws that were introduced along the way, along the as our society adjusted and as we were colonized and etc. etc. All these different laws that were introduced in our country. A lot of those laws still apply, right? So, for instance, we have what we refer to as the common law, which was brought here by um, our colonizers. And in, 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 to a large degree, that common law still applies in South Africa today. So, we need to understand how the common law was brought here and how the common law evolved, because ultimately, it links with what the law is today. And another thing that we need to understand is that as as scholars right as south african scholars we need to look at the the fact that our law is what we refer to as uncodified law so there's a difference between codified law and uncodified law in european in a lot of the european systems like in germany and in france they have what we refer to as codified law which means that you are able to go to some kind of statute book or some type of legislation and you are able to have a comprehensive understanding of what that law is of that particular uh, country because it is recorded, right? It's in recorded, the rules are recorded in legislation. Uh, and so now you are able to have that reference point. Whereas in South Africa, a large part of our law is not coded. You can't go and look at a particular statute book and see this is the law. A large part of our law, for instance, has evolved by virtue of uh, court cases, right? We were, set we were settled by the colonizers. They brought certain laws here. And once they brought certain laws here, there were certain court cases decided. And as the court cases were decided, uh, the law um, ultimately shaped. And now if you want to know what the South African law is on that particular point, we need to actually go and look at the case law. It's not for, sufficient for us to go and look at the particular statute. And that is because in South Africa, we have many different sources of law. And so we need to understand our legal history so that when we're confronted with a legal problem, we understand the particular laws that we are now reverting to. We understand we have a, a understanding of the of the common law, and so if we're now confronted with a a question that uh, concerns the common law, we are able to now go and have a look at the common law, and we are able to to be able to answer that particular legal problem that we are confronted with. Right. So the third reason why we need to understand our legal history is because our legal history is living law. It is part of the present to a certain degree. Right. Our customary law is another example of law that remains part of the present. So certain customs that may have been existence uh, in uh, early, early South African uh, societies, 
right? Indigenous societies, certain of those laws might still be in existence in those societies today. And because we recognize customary law as a um, system of law in South Africa, we need to understand the history of those customs because those customs continue to apply so that when we are asked a particular question, we are then aware of the fact that customary law comes into play here and that as a legal scholar in South Africa, I need to now go and look at what the customary law on this particular issue says. Another important reason as to why it is we need to understand the history of our law is because you will then see how it is that our laws might link to another country's laws, right? So, for instance, if we were settled by the English and another country was settled by the English, because the English would have brought certain of their legal laws and legal traditions into our country when they settled here, when they colonized us, right? We might have similar characteristics in our law to what another country might have in their law. And the benefit of that is if we need to compare, right? If we need to compare on a particular legal point, so you ask by your particular supervisor to write a legal memo on a certain issue, and you know that South Africa's legal tradition was influenced by A, B, and C, and you know that another country's legal traditions were similarly and, and laws were similarly influenced by A, B, and C, you are then able to look to that country and to do what we refer to as a comparative analysis. So when you're answering a legal question sometimes, you will go and you look at, well, what does another country say about this? And what can South Africa learn about this? So in that sense, we are able to gather, uh, well, we are able to learn not just from our own history, but from the countries who share similar history to us. We can go and look what did their law say and, and, and what have, how has that law evolved in their country and how that law has evolved in their country can ultimately assist us in how the law should look in our country, right? What your legal argument should be what the understanding of particular legal provision should be in the South African context, given how it was interpreted in the Canadian context, or given how it was interpreted in the New Zealand context. Right. So the fourth reason, sorry, no, we've covered all four reasons. So just to recap, as legal scholars, it is absolutely essential that you have a proper understanding and a thorough understanding of South African legal history, like a holistic understanding. And the reason for that is because, number one, to understand the laws of now, we must understand the laws of the past. We cannot uh, begin to interpret South African laws as is without knowing where those laws come from, because that past informs the present. The second one is that by understanding our legal history, we are able to look at the law from a particular critical perspective, because by understanding our legal history, we know that as a society, as our value systems changed, we can see that shift from our value systems and our needs in society and how the law shifted to adapt to those needs. And when we are able to see that, we are able to look at the law from a critical perspective, and therefore we can see where the law falls short, where the law needs to be adapted, where the law is in need of changes, where you can argue potentially that the law as it is should not be and that it is in fact invalid uh, when viewed against our constitution, right? 
The third one is our legal history is living law. So our, our present law, like our common, common law and our customary law continue to be in force in South Africa today and therefore still applies. And therefore, if you are a legal scholar and you're asked to answer a legal question, you need to know where the common law comes from because you need to use the common law today because large to a large degree that common law is still in force in South African law, right? And that that the, the common law as it was brought from the colonizers right then the fourth reason as we said is that we need to understand our legal history because our legal history connects us to other countries other countries might share similar characteristics because they might have been colonized by the same countries who would have brought the same legal traditions and the same laws into those countries and by understanding those links that we share those historical links we know which countries we can turn to to help better inform our own legal arguments. And another reason why we need to understand our historical links is because ultimately we are now living in a globalized world where what we do as a country and how our laws evolved is affected by what other countries are doing and vice versa. And so we need to be able to be tapped into that.